anxiety Maybe you have it too If so, you're not alone They're spiraling just like you Hi! <laughs> We're nervous. We're nervous. We haven't done oh this in a while. Goodness. Hello, I made like everyone. a weird head nod. A very large <laughs> And then Mike looked at me to say something, which was very adorable. Um, oh welcome God. to Spiraling. Welcome. We're Hi. so glad you're here. We're happy holidays happy to holidays. you and yours. Fuck. How is it already the holidays? I'm Serena. I'm Katie. And we're spiraling. Always. We're spiraling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spiraling about how I started this. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, I feel like that's a given. I panic every time we turn on the, turn on the recording equipment. I almost did an I Dream of Jeannie, like, head, head nod. nod. Like, I was like, we're rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you. Do you want to spiral first? Oh, gosh. All right. I'm going to keep this tight. What What am I not spiraling about oh my this God, week? Me too. <laughs> I mean, to, be, to bring everyone up to speed, Serena and I have been hanging out for like hours at this hours. point we've we've had breakfast we've done a workout together it's been a delight so you've heard most of my spirals but I think that the biggest spiral that I've had has just been like an existential am I saying that right existential yeah oh. <laughs> no I'm nervous about existential I think so yes feel free to send us emails on yeah. pronunciation <laughs> okay my spiral has just been like a big spiral of not feeling like I have enough time Oof. for anything, little things, day-to-day -day stuff. Like we were talking about this before we started recording of like both of us were relating about feeling a feeling of like moving stuff over on the to-do list from one day to the next, things that don't have a deadline, like returns and little minutiae of like being an adult, like adult stuff, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Going to the post office or the bank. And like that stuff can be fun, not fun, but it can be like, you know, kind of interesting, like errands can be fine and like you can be really present and listen to a podcast and do the, do a bunch of different things at the same time and like talk to a friend when you're having a day when you're like not overly busy and you're yes. not like, and it's just, it's a bummer to not be able to be present because you feel like you have so much on your plate. And so my spiral has just been this like large feeling of like, I have so much I want to be doing Am I like running out of time in the big scheme of life of like, is my life on track? Like, am I doing all the things I wanted to be doing? I feel like I have all of this potential, but I'm not reaching it. And I really like the way you said potential. <laughs> potential. I think you have a lot of potential too. <laughs> it's yeah. But I feel like I'm, I'm kind of stuck on a hamster yeah. wheel and I don't know how to get out of it. And that's, I've been spiraling about that. Oh, those are the worst. But I will say, I think that the small not having enough time spiraling into that larger existential crisis is like the most common anxiety thing ever, especially when you're overtired, which you tend to be when you're extra busy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that little thing of being like, I can't get to the post office today. Am I on the right track with my life? <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's what it seems been. like a huge leap, but it's so easy for it to snowball from mm -hmm. like that one little thing to like slowly that list getting longer and then being like, what the fuck? But I also think that the concept of just a knocking those things out when you actually can feels so productive yes. and satisfying. So I have a similar thing with like, four things I've been meaning to do all week and like I have to do them mm -hmm. today and I'm like now extra motivated yeah. based on our conversation but I also think that feeling of like am I 
on the right track with my life tends to come up in like periods of lull and creativity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like the the periods where doing what we do that requires so much creativity in general in those creative periods I tend to be extra anxious and be like am I on the right track it's like when I have a lot of menial tasks to do I have fewer existential crises like on the days I'm actually doing the menial tasks I do not feel nearly as anxious as on the days I'm like brainstorming or like starting a new project or any of those things and I think reminding ourselves that it's just the anxiety speaking and like we're not actually on the wrong track with yeah. our lives is really helpful. I mean, I think we could do a whole episode on creativity because I think creativity itself is really anxiety provoking because it's like the getting started takes a lot. When you're in it, am I doing this right? Second yeah. guessing things. There's a lot of decision making involved in it. And there, everybody's just figuring it out, you know, yeah. like everybody is just starting a new project and making it up where I want to follow a formula. And that's why like doing menial tasks is comforting or, or just doing like, I've, I've been looking at, I was on the the train on the way over here this morning with a bunch of people going to work and I'm in my workout classes coming to, <laughs> to, to our recording studio. But I, I felt this like sense of jealousy for them almost of like, man, Doing one thing for the entire day and someone telling me what to do, of course, I would have, I'm sure I would have a plethora of spirals if that was the case and grass is always greener. But in that moment, it felt so comforting to have that opposed to having to choose so often. Oh, I hear you. Well, that's also like been my spirals throughout the entire arc of this podcast is like me trying to do this book and then getting it out there, which actually... I mean, my spiral this week, I was going to talk about- Wait, first, can I just say congratulations on the book? We already had, this makes her uncomfortable, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) If you haven't bought the book, like, please buy the book. It's so wonderful. I'm so proud of you. And okay, and over. (laughs) Over now. Katie is my number one hype girl. But I'm going to forego the book spiral this week. Great. Um, The launch was last Tuesday. It was glorious. It was wonderful. Um, It's been- a lot of, there have just been so many spirals attached to it that I feel like I'm going to choose to forego those in favor of a, you know, more superficial spiral that I have pretty much every fall winter. And that is my eczema. (laughs) I have really bad eczema. I've had it my whole life, like since I was a kid. And Some people are eczema prone. It's also triggered by stress. There's no real cure for it. Like there's like, I've seen endless dermatologists. I've tried every remedy. I try not to talk about it because it makes me more, unlike anxiety, talking about my eczema makes me more anxious because so many people want to fix it for me. And that is like, then I'm trying to make them feel better when they're like, oh my God, you need to try this. And I don't want to be like, yeah, I tried that and it doesn't work for me because that just makes them feel that. So I'm like, oh, totally. I'm going to try it. And it's a whole thing. So I just try not to talk about it. And I'm very lucky in the sense that mine tends to be, or as as lucky as one can be, like mine tends to be on my- You're very good at the reframe. Yes. On my legs and on my nipples, which is an overshare. But yeah, it's like the worst possible place to have it. It's Mm. terrible because you can't like itch your nipples in public. That's fucking weird. (laughs) Um, and it's a sensitive area. Like it's one very of the most. sensitive. It's awful. So I'm A, consistently trying not to itch, which sucks. But I also get it on my face. I haven't had a bad like flare on my face in like almost two years. But 
because it's triggered by stress and I've been really stressed out recently and because the eggs on my legs is really bad right now, I'm like spiraling about the fact that I was like, okay, it's on my legs. And then I woke up yesterday and like, I have like, my eyes were itching a little bit. And then this morning I woke up and I have like a little bit of a flake underneath my eyes. And I was like, it's probably just dry skin. The weather's changing. It's getting cold out. Like that's totally normal. But I'm like, oh my God, what if this is anxiety? And I start my tour tonight and then I'm on the road for like the next three weeks. And I'm like, what if it gets worse? What if I have to do TV with an eczema flare on my face? And the simultaneous like anxiety about the eczema flare is actually going to make it worse. So I've had to be like trying to rein in the spirals so that I don't actually (laughs) make it worse, which is so, I think that's, my eczema is a probably one of the anxiety related symptoms that I like really haven't gotten under control in the past decade. Like everything else I can manage. And I think probably because I'm managing everything else so well, my body's like, yeah, like, and here's like 10 more eczema patches. (laughs) And like, I think that it's something that first of all, like a lot of people who don't have anxiety struggle with eczema. It sucks. But also a lot of people who have anxiety also have eczema or psoriasis of some kind. And like, it's just, it's just a bitch. Like I'm going to like, there's no pussyfooting around it. It sucks. And like, you know, (laughs) thank you all in advance for not sending me eczema remedies. (laughs) But I think what I've been doing the past few days since I started to like really think about this is sometimes the act of forcing yourself to take extra good care of yourself is Mm. weird. Like I already do things that are part of my routine. Like, you know, doing my Melissa workouts and taking my supplements and eating well and all of those things. But for my eczema, I know that I also need to like apply various creams Mm -hmm. like regularly, which is not part of my routine because I don't always have it. And like, I cannot take really long hot baths and showers, which like devastates me because I love me a bath, but like soaking it makes it so much worse. And so there are certain things that I have to be hyper aware of. And I've been doing those this week. So I'm hopeful that I will contain this and the attached spiral. But yeah. That's sort of it, where I am. <laughs> I feel like the the uh, to to reframe. First of all, it sucks, and like I'm sorry, yeah. and that like it's <laughs> a, it's a bummer. <laughs> but I think the reframe is what you said of like it forces you to slow down and be mindful, and especially at a time that you're moving so fast. I feel like your body's kind of like, dude, you have so many tour dates and you have so much on your plate. Like you have to pay attention to us. So it screams. And I love, I actually do love that. And I do think that that is the silver lining. And I am really grateful for that sort of reminder to to keep my shit in check and take care of myself. And I feel like it's like when you had your exercise injury and you had to chill on the exercise for a bit, it's like a reminder. It's like, no, 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 you've gotten a little out of control. 100%. (laughs) It was like, I mean, I can see it all in retrospect of like, that was forcing me to not spend all of my time going to exercise classes and walking to them and walking back from them and blah, 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 blah. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. And I had to be like, I'm, I have such an addictive personality that I have to be like kicked and scream, like kicking and screaming to like changing. And I feel like our bodies are really good at doing that, but it doesn't make it any less annoying when you're in it because you wish you could have just like slowed down before you got the eczema or, you know, taken time or whatever. But it's like, 
maybe that's just how it works. But for anxiety, like we were talking about this in a previous episode and it really landed with me. Anytime there's a physical thing, Serena pointed this out, you're reminded of it all the time of like oh when you have God. to itch or your boob feels weird or like I had a pimple near, I'm still like healing it, but I had a pimple near my mouth, which was so embarrassing because like, it looks like a cold sore, but it's not yeah. a cold, which is fine. But like, it looks like, well, unclear what this is. And I was eating and always reminded mm, of it. Yeah. And it, and smiling reminded me of it. So it was just like, <laughs> it's easier when you don't feel something to not have to think about it yes. or see it to not have to think about it. And the type of thing it reminds you of when you do have like you know eczema free skin or you don't have an injury or whatever and you're like oh that was so nice but it's really yeah. hard it takes actual practice to remind yourself sort of like we talked about in the Q&A when you were saying when you feel depressed you're mm-hmm. like I'm never gonna be happy yeah. again which is sometimes like when I get bad eczema I'm like you're never gonna stop itching and like I have to actively remind myself like no you spend most of your life not itching like this is a particularly bad phase and it will pass yeah this will lead us right on into the episode on gratitude but I think (laughs) like a big let's all take this into the holiday season notice when you're feeling good yeah because I can tell you when I'm feeling bad all day long but I'm really trying to make this a practice of like okay, I'm walking down the street. I'm not in pain. Yeah. Uh, I'm not spiraling if anyone's texting me back. In this moment, I'm okay. Harness that shit. You know? Yeah, hold on to it. Yeah. Also, did we mention this was the holiday episode? We did not. <laughs> no. <laughs> tell uh, tell everyone. Tell our friends. This is the holiday episode. We actually, when we first conceptualized spiraling, we yeah. were like, we have to do a holiday episode. It was actually like February at the time, but we're like, note to selves, do a holiday episode. Because yeah, I that's think so funny. I forgot about that. <laughs> anxiety peaks for a lot of us during the holiday season, which, you know, mildly ironic because it's the most wonderful time of Tis the year. Tis the season. <laughs> but there's just so much going on with the holidays. There are parties. It's busy. There's present giving. There's family dynamics. There's friend dynamics. Awkward hug handshakes <laughs> till the <laughs> end <Abound>. of time. <laughs> and it's a lot to handle, anxious or not, mm-hmm, but particularly mm-hmm. if you are yeah. an anxious human. So we thought that we would take a full episode to sort of dissect our feelings surrounding anxiety and the holidays and also some of the tips and tricks we've picked up over the years. And again, like what I think is so interesting is Katie and I have very different family dynamics. We have different, you know, relationship dynamics. We're from different places. So I think this is like going to be really good for a lot of people. I'm hoping we will cover a lot of possible holiday anxiety pitfalls together. Yeah. Serena's married and has in-laws. She has siblings. I'm an only child. We both come from broken homes. (laughs) (laughs) So we can't give you the perspective. Children have divorced. But anyway, yeah, I think we'll I think we'll hopefully cover a lot of bases. Can I ask you a question before yes. we start? I I like this so much. I think it's really funny that we're kind of like talking about the holidays and not a dark way. Like, you know, no. we're going to like be happy and and like laugh and spread cheer and blah, blah, blah. But it is fun to like talk about this stuff in a really real way because all day long you're kind of getting, oh my God, it's the holidays, Christmas music, Christmas music. Are you one of those people? Like, how do you relate to the holidays? I am equal parts Buddy the Elf and like Scrooge Scrooge the Grinch I love Christmas Mm -hmm. like love and I love 
the entertaining element of it because that's kind of my shtick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love like cooking Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner is my favorite thing, but we will get into like why that causes me anxiety because there's a lot of dynamics yeah. involved with hosting. But I grew up where my mom made a big deal out of Christmas in the best possible way. Like made it feel yeah. really special and memorable and exciting. And we had a lot of traditions surrounding it. Like every, you know, on Christmas Eve, we read the night before Christmas. And on Christmas morning, we have pancakes and make breakfast together. And like they used to, my parents used to like decorate the tree and put all the stuff from Santa and whatever underneath. And they would close the doors to the living room. And like we would wait. And it was awful because we would make brunch and then my mom would shower and it would take her like two and a half hours. And we would sit at the bottom of the stairs being like, mom, mom, hurry. <laughs> and then they would open the door and we would like all rush in. And same thing. Like I just, I really love the holidays. So like that's what makes for me reconciling the anxiety that they cause me so difficult because I developed anxiety in my like early 20s. I have, you know, 20 plus years of like anxiety free holiday memories, but I also wasn't hosting at that time. Right. I was much, you know, like just attended. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the holidays really change. Like there's kid holidays and there's adult and there's holidays. There's adult holidays. And I think adult holidays are very anxiety inducing. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know. How do you feel about the holidays? Ups and downs. I mean, I'm long-winded. Yeah. It could take the whole. It could take the whole episode. So I'm going to keep this tight. But I'm an only child, so I think that complicates it a bit. And I yeah. think my also. I'll, I'll say this: my family is really great and into the holidays. But also, it can be anxiety-causing for me of like not feeling like I fit in anywhere, like in in any you know in either side of my family, or just not feeling like I. There's a there's a lot, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of dynamics, and 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 I think there's like a mourning that comes from this picture in my mind I have of the holidays as a child because I had that kind of magic of Christmas yeah. of like Santa, and I'm so grateful for that. But like that goes away, and then you're just kind of left with the not so great stuff, you know. I mean, you get glimpses of that. And so I think it's just like creating the the holiday experience that you want to have for yourself. And that comes with boundaries, that comes with self-awareness, that comes with like a lot of slowing down. And I think that's a really positive part of those two weeks, you know, between Christmas and New Year's and even Thanksgiving, where like the world kind of shuts down and it can does. kind of slow down. And that's the piece as an adult where I think the magic can come from. So, okay, let's dive into family dynamics yeah. first. Because I think this is the one thing that causes a lot of people the most anxiety, unless you are one of the few people in the world who have, you know, I'm trying to think of a really happy TV family, and I cannot think of a single one. <laughs> I don't know how it came to mind. Like Fresh Prince, Prince of Beaver? Bel Air? <laughs> <laughs> those are polar opposites, and I love it. Fresh yeah. Prince of Bel Air. If you merge those two if together. If you merge those two. <laughs> but it, for the most part, I think even the happiest of families have their own shit. Like nobody, yeah. all families are crazy. Or they're lying. Or they're lying. Exactly. So, okay. So now my parents are divorced, right? Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I have. <laughs> ditto. So I think that for me, I have two well, I have four siblings. Two, like, are, you know, my, I feel like a total bitch saying my real siblings, but, like, my full siblings. And then I have two much blood younger half-siblings. Siblings. Yes, who are also half-bloods. <laughs> <Feel like Harry laughs> half-blood prince and princess. Anyway, 
like they're very young. So my parents split up when I was in high school. And then, you know, that made for, I want to say like five years of very tricky holidays, like a splitting of the day between the two parents, which like I, now that I was just saying, like I had 20 plus years of you know, blissful holiday memories. I'm like, wow, I really like blacked those years out. Those were not the best. (laughs) But again, was not anxious at that point. So totally fine. But in our, in our older years, my, one of my siblings does not, is not a fan of the holidays. So she kind of does her own thing with her husband. And then my brother and I sort of divide and conquer. And like, we never made a formal agreement, but like I, I do Christmas with my mom and he does Christmas with my dad. And that's just how it's been for like a decade now. Will you say where you are in the like scheme of the age? I'm a middle child amongst like there were, there were three of us for a long time and I was in the middle. So now I'm number two of five. I feel like I'm a very much a middle child. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like people will want to know that. I'm I'm always curious. And also I'm a peacemaker. So like the, my anxiety quadruples when I'm around like family that's like bickering. So it's like if my siblings are are bickering with me or with each other or with my, my, one of my parents, I'm like, all right, like, yeah, <laughs> just tone it down. Or I just like retreat, yeah. which then makes me feel guilty and more anxious. So as I've gotten older, I tend to, you know, have my mom for Christmas but then now I'm married. So that's like also now we rotate years. And then last year we actually had Logan's parents and my mom. Oh, and we're lovely. doing that for Thanksgiving too. Okay. So you the, host here? I host Thanksgiving every year. And like, okay, so this is where the family dynamics come in. It's like, I want, because I'm a middle child and a peacemaker and a people pleaser and anxious, like I want everyone to be happy all the time. And so I often that pressure makes me feel anxious oftentimes. And then also I am so concerned about making sure everybody else is okay that I like a lot of taking care of myself falls by the wayside. I'm much more conscious of it now than I used to be, but it was just really exhausting. And I think that Logan, as we've always talked about, as a not anxious person, is just like, everyone's fine. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, like, I want to make sure like your aunt is like not being annoyed by my mom. And like, this is like having, mm-hmm. you know, like all of these things. And also because I like to cook these meals, I want to shout out to anybody that is the cook or host in their family because everybody likes to do things differently. Some people may want help. Nothing makes me want, like it makes me ragey when I'm trying to cook and people are like, let me do this and are like moving things around. And I'm like, oh my God, please don't cut the Brussels sprouts like that. But I'm like trying to be cool, calm and like not a complete neurotic mess. But I'm like, please just let me do this. Like it's so easy for me and you're making it so much more complicated if I try to help and then I feel really guilty. (laughs) And you're not a neurotic like person at all. You're like someone Yeah, I'm just like, I'm like, please have a glass of champagne. Like, please like sit and chat with me while I cook, but like there's no need. Um, And so I think like what I've gotten better at in recent years that I'm really proud of is like last Christmas was the first time I hosted Logan's family and his parents are, I I really like hit the jackpot with in-laws because they're so loving and supportive almost to the point of like, as a like now jaded New Yorker, I'm like, are you fucking with me? (laughs) (laughs) But I had like a 
like real talk in a very loving, like funny way where I was like, hey, because they're coming for Thanksgiving this year, not Christmas. And they like kept asking like what, like starting six months ago, like Uh what they can do to help. And I was like, that's so sweet. The hugest, like the hugest way you can help me. And I was like, and I'm being dead serious when I say this is to not help me. Yeah. And like Logan has had to hammer that home too and back me up. And like now I'm like, I have all of dinner covered. Like you can bring booze, you can bring presents, whatever it is that like makes you feel happy. But like, I need like in much nicer terms to get the fuck out of my kitchen. Too many cooks (laughs) in the kitchen. It's a too many cooks in the kitchen. And like, I think being the biggest way I've managed to dial back my anxiety during the holidays is to just be upfront about what I need in a nice way. Like, obviously you never want to be a bitch like about anything, but like, it's like, There's so many ways, like I think as anxious people, a lot of us are afraid to just be direct. And instead of hurting people's feelings, they're thrilled that they know how to make your life easier because you told them how. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we had a like personal conversation for an hour about like, I'm really bad at being direct with people. And I think that's a lot of it is my anxiety, but I think the holidays are really good opportunity to practice. Yes. Because because there are people who love you unconditionally. And if you mess it up, it's fine. And they're like, the holidays are a microcosm of like the, the real world, you know? And I think it's, um, yeah. Take, take it for a spin being direct with people. Yeah. And just like put it out there and also understanding that couple things. All families are tough. I feel incredibly privileged to be like, my family drives me crazy, but I like love them to Mm -hmm. death. I know that's a lot of people's do not have that same experience and like dynamics are tricky and they do not feel unconditionally loved or love the other members of their family unconditionally. So I just want to put that out there and say like that is, I have so much respect for people who are managing that this holiday season as well. But know that like, it's okay to bicker with your family or whatever. Mm. If bickering makes you anxious, be upfront, be like, cut it off before it starts. I'll do that with my siblings. I'll be like, oh, I don't want to fight with you right now. Like just putting that out there. And like, then they're like, oh, fine. You know, like it sometimes just saying that. And also because everybody's usually so tired <laughs> during the holidays, tempers are short. There's a lot of personalities colliding. I think also like if you don't see your family a lot, like I don't live near my family. So sometimes like when you, when families get together, then there's like confrontation because you haven't seen each other in a long time. So things that may have been like boiling below the surface come to a head. And like, that's one of those things that being mentally prepared for that and then being, having some sort of things ready to diffuse those situations makes things easier across the board. And I think just going into it much, much as life kind of lowering your expectations of like, (laughs) things are not going to be perfect. That doesn't mean they can't be great. Yes. You know, they're just like being able to flow when like someone gets mad at somebody else or we have a weird moment over here. This person didn't make me feel seen. And like knowing that there's like loss to that of like who, who I am with my family isn't necessarily who I am with my friends and that's okay. But there might be a loss of like, oh, this person's not seeing me in a way that I want to be seen. And that can feel uncomfortable. And it's, you can try to like force that to be something, but, or you could just like accept it for what it is and be like, this is, this is the way this relationship is. And how can I 
bring more love and like love this person while I'm here and be present and just accept this for what it is, not judging them, not trying to change them and not like forcing them to see how much you've changed because like nobody cares. They're always going to see you for like They're who always. you were when you were a child and just let that be because there's nothing else, nothing you can do about it. I mean, I I'm saying so this to myself because I, I no, don't but know I, how to like, do it. <laughs> like, I love that you just said that because I genuinely sometimes feel like I'm my worst self with my family, yeah. which makes me feel so bad. Like it makes me want to cry a little bit right now because I like am such a bitch sometimes. <laughs> but like <laughs> it's so normal. And I heard this thing once that said your family can push your buttons the most because they're the ones that put them there. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. It's re- it's really emotional. And it's it's interesting we're having this conversation today because like I my mom is in town and I'm I'm spending the first Thanksgiving not going back to Michigan yeah. in my life, which we touched on in the last episode. So like our compromise was her coming to New York this week. And I'm kind of going into like today of being like, I really just want to have a good time. And I want to not get in arguments with my mom over like silly, stupid things. And like, she's going to love me no matter what she's, it's always going to be okay. But I don't want, I end up using her as a punching bag sometimes without even meaning to. And that makes me feel so sad, you know, like it literally made Serena cry. (laughs) I mean, I'll probably be crying later. It's, no, but it's, it's so just human like, it, and normal. It brings out, like, I feel like I sometimes revert to being mm-hmm. a teenager with my mom, and it makes me feel so guilty. And it's, like, something that I have been working on. But also, like, the crazy thing, I think, for people in our stage of life, and I don't know if you've, like, experienced this at all, but, like, sometimes there is a little bit of, like, the flipping of the script as we get older. Like, we sort of sometimes become yeah. parents in the relationship with our parents, and that's a that's a big sort of burden to shoulder yeah, and like making sure that, you know, everyone's like, everyone's okay. That is very anxiety inducing. So I think the one thing that I've started to do, like there, the first Christmas I spent with my in-laws and stuff, it was just like constant activity in the best possible way. It was all super fun stuff, but I like learned, like I, I learned, you know, day three of our like Christmas stuff. I just like felt I was feeling really anxious and like we've had so many conversations about being open with your anxiety. I do not think that you have to go. I do not think that you need to vocalize your anxiety all the time, especially not with sometimes it does not help to be like, I'm feeling really anxious right now. Instead, just be like, hey, I'm going to go take a bath. Yeah. Or I'm going to do something or the crazy thing is the holidays are so crazy. I noticed that a lot of times I can just sneak out of the room for like 45 minutes nobody and nobody notices. notices. Yes. It's like, so like, don't eat, you know, a lot of times you don't even have to call attention yeah, Don't make it. it a big production. Don't make a big thing. Don't be like, don't, excuse yeah. me. Like I'm feeling anxious today. I started a podcast arms. called yeah. Spiraling. If you all could take a listen to that, that'd be great. And you'd really understand what I was feeling. Like my arm feels weird. Like whatever. It's like, just sneak away, get yeah. in a workout, take a bath, read your book, do something that makes you feel better. And like, I find that like 30 to 45, go sit, like shut the bathroom door and sit on the like lid of the toilet for Nobody 10 cares. minutes if that's yeah. what you need. People don't care. They probably won't even notice. And the amount of sort of relief and like clarity and restoring of your sanity that you can glean from a few minutes is 
unbelievable. Like, yeah. do, like, so just like sometimes if you're starting to feel that overwhelm setting in, just being like, ah, hold please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really makes a difference. Because you can remind yourself in those moments, like who you are outside of your family, who yes. you are at home. Like for me, it's like, texting a friend and like just sending some memes of like, oh my God, this weird thing happened or that like just being like, okay, I can put this somewhere or I can honestly like journaling obviously is like helpful for me, but like writing in my phone, like when I like, I'm going to like talk to my therapist about that. Like use this as information. Use this as like, this is something that I need to process because it's making me feel feelings and I'm not sure like there's something in there to rework. And so I, I got this from this podcast with Danielle Laporte that I listened to and she gave this really great advice. I thought, which was have a therapy session right before you go and make sure you have one scheduled like on the books right when you leave or right after you go home for the holidays because that way for the one after you'll take all the information that you've gotten all the ways you felt weird and you can process that and you know you're going to process that so as it happens you can just be like you know pass the cookies I'll have another and enjoy it and just know that everything will balance out when you leave and like not putting any guilt on the situation yes and knowing that's coming and then all and then in the interim you know doing your best taking moments taking breaks and then before she says that therapy session is really great to have that person it can be it can be ideally a therapist we know we love therapy in this family (laughs) but it could be like you know a, a cozy person to you could do this too especially with this before one where you have someone who who's like remind me how I am here. Like, remind me that of my self-worth, like remind me that I'm a functioning human being who can like show up on time and do things (laughs) because I'm going to go to this place where like, I might get kind of shaky. I might be reminded of how I used to be a lot. I might be, I might revert by accident. So like, could you just like give me a pep talk? And then you can use that like smelling salts as you're there when you're like feeling down of like, Oh wait, okay. I'm a functioning. Cause I always often forget like Myself, it kind of goes out the window because I'm back in this place, in this physical place. For me, I'm from this, where I go back to where I will be at Christmas is a a small town that I grew up in and I went to college in and all my family is there. And it's a time, it has nothing to do with those people or that place. But for me, it's a time where I felt all sorts of emotions and like some really low self-worth and some really dark times and some being left out of this and that and whatever, whatever. And New York doesn't have that. It has a lot of other things, but like I can, I feel like an adult here where I just walk, get off the airplane there and I start to like feel misaligned. And I, I, and I, I think remembering who you are outside of that little, you know, box is useful. Totally. I think that the family side of things is so challenging, but the friend side of things can be so helpful in in keeping you sane, you know, whether it's FaceTiming with like a close friend or having that like group text to rely on. But the flip of that is that there's also like a lot of obligations to friends seemingly, but I want to say seemingly during the holiday season because like there's like so many social events, so to speak, like holiday parties and all of these things. And and it goes both ways. It's like you could be invited to so many that you're like, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed, like whatever. Or you get invited to like nothing and then you look around and you're like, is everyone having fun without me? I think like there's so many possible <laughs> anxiety triggers like hidden in the holiday social calendar. Yeah. And I think for me, as I've gotten older, I've started... I mean, in all areas of my life, like I've started giving less facts, but like I now prioritize sort of like we talked about in like the tiers of friends. Mm-hmm. 
I just, I don't say yes to everything anymore because I know it's going to exhaust me. It's going to sap all the energy that I kind of need to save to use with my family. Yeah. (laughs) And it's going to throw me even more off of my, you know, healthy routines that help keep me sane and happy and productive and like all of those things. And so I think learning to say no in all areas of life is a constant struggle. It is so much easier said than done. I hate when people are like, there's so much power in saying no. And I'm like, there's also a lot of anxiety in saying no. (laughs) Yeah. So much. (laughs) So much. But I think it's a muscle. I think the more that you do it and kindly, the easier it gets. But I also think that there's the same thing as like sneaking away you know, during like from your family and nobody notices a lot of times with holiday parties, if you can't make it, unless it's like a very, unless it's somebody that is a priority in your life, you're just one more face in the crowd and people don't actually care that much. That sounds harsh. You have to like, (laughs) we all all have only so much energy. Like, did I talk about the spoons analogy? I don't think you've talked. I I know we talk about it all the time. I'm not sure if you talked about this. Somebody spoons. said this on my podcast. I'll say it briefly, but basically we all have so many spoons that we are born that we come in with like each day. Like Serena might have seven, I might have nine. And then through the day, we the activities we do take spoons usually. <laughs> so like you get a coffee with that person you don't really like, four spoons away. Yeah. You go on a date with someone that you didn't like, one spoon. <laughs> and then this, like what I'm doing right now, Serena, like I'm actually getting a spoon from yeah. this. So, so rarely interactions can give you a spoon. But by the end of the day, you need to, you might not have enough spoons left for what you thought you were going to have. Yeah. And so it's a really good analogy to just kind of manage your spoons of like, do I, I really want to do this thing later. So I need to save my spoons and prioritize that, like the family thing or whatever it is. And so you have to take care of yourself. And like, it might give you some spoons to go into the bathroom and look at your phone for a few minutes or like lay on your belly or put your legs up the wall or like, and bring as much of, bring as many things that remind you of who you are outside of this, you know, these special days as possible of like going on a walk if you can, calling a friend. Like I usually go between my mom and my dad's while I'm in Michigan and they live like a, a solid drive apart. And it's my favorite thing. Sometimes they drive me cause <laughs> I now don't have a car, but when I used to have a car, it was my favorite thing to like do that drive between my mom and my dad's it's because like I would peace. like get time by myself. I could listen to a podcast or I could call a friend and I was like reminded who I was. And I was able to, cause you kind of become, you kind of like morph into the, like the clan, you know, when you're yeah. like with the clan. And so you can like, by going outside of it for a minute, you're like, okay, who am I? And then, and then everybody will appreciate you more. Nobody really gives a shit if you're taking some time on your own, but they do give a shit if you're like not wanting to be there and they can sense that, or if you're stressed or you're anxious. So like it's taking care of them to take care of yourself. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. All right. What what else is is useful? I think what's really huge to me that I think sometimes gets lost in the, in the holiday shuffle when people are thinking about like, oh my god, I'm so anxious. Like it's my family, or it's it's all this socializing, or it's whatever it is that's a trigger. Is people forget that also it's the fucking sugar and alcohol. Yeah. Like, I, not for everyone, but I do think that most people eat a lot more unhealthily at the holidays, which is totally fine. Like I am a firm believer in like indulgence. And these are like Thanksgiving is my favorite meal. And growing up, we used to have it in November and July. 
<laughs> um, I just, I love it so much. But like the parties and stuff, it's like usually at holiday parties, it's like sugar. It's Christmas yeah. cookies and, you know, I don't know. I'm just like trying to like pick in a blanket, whatever, like, and a lot of alcohol. And I don't think, I don't, like, I'm just not a fan of restriction, but that's why I think like living a healthy lifestyle in general is like lovely. Mm -hmm. But I think that mindful, like, I hate to say mindfully because like, I, I've never understood when people are like, listen to your body. I'm like, my body does not speak to me. Totally. I have no idea what's going <laughs> Same. But I do think I've that gotten like, really good at ignoring it. I do think when I, am feeling anxious, I like am not going to have another cookie or another glass of wine. I'm like, that's going to make it so much worse. And I think a lot of people, it's sort of like how we've talked about in previous episodes when people are like, well, isn't that depressing knowing that like you can't have a lot of caffeine or too much sugar or too much alcohol? And it's like, not really because like I'd rather feel good than have an extra yeah. cookie. I don't know. I like, guess it, I think it's, I think it's different yeah. because like I am coming from a place of privilege and that like, I don't have issues with food. So it's easier yeah. for me to just be like, if I have like another pile of, you know, like another piece of pie today when I've had pie the last three days and I've like been drinking, like usually it's like, I usually drink a couple times a week. It's like last year over from between Christmas and New Year's, I drank bottle of champagne every day. We call it the champagne diet. Don't get me wrong. I was super happy, but I think I managed to like make it through that stretch without any anxiety because I was like on vacation. I was having the best time, whatever. January 2nd, I was like, I need, I think I have to go to the hospital. <laughs> like, like, cause the buildup yeah. and like all of that booze and being off of your routine. Mm -hmm. I just think one of my things that I'm most conscious of is sticking to some semblance of my routine. Yeah. So like, obviously Thanksgiving dinner is Thanksgiving dinner. Fuck it. But like four days after Thanksgiving dinner, I don't need to like still be eating giant Thanksgiving leftover sandwiches. And I do not need to make sure that like every slice of pie yeah. in the house is eaten just because I know it's going to trigger me. Or like I am tempted when I'm really tired to be like, I'm going to have a second or a third cup of coffee and then I will have that and I will be so anxious. Right. <laughs> I feel die. So it's like making that time to do my Melissa workout or being like, I'm going to have one drink at the holiday party instead of four because I cannot be hungover tomorrow and anxious. Like it's just making those little decisions that add up. They really add up. Yeah. I, I want to come in here and like disclaim a lot of eating disorder yeah. stuff of like, it's so interesting because coming from someone who- And now I have anxiety that no, I no, no, like no, no, made, no. <laughs> made light of something. No, you didn't. No, you didn't at all. I think, it, I think that that everything you said makes sense and it comes down to self-awareness. It's like looking at wanting to turn to the cookie or another glass of wine or another plate of food Sometimes I often want to do that on years where I'm like most anxious and most lonely because that's going to give me so much comfort to like Got just it. turn yes. to food and that's okay. And I think to like have the guilt around that and know that like this is not going to make me feel better. I'm still going to feel sad and lonely, but I'm going to be sad and lonely and more full, you know, yeah. like that's, that's awareness. But like adding guilt on top of that is only going to make it worse. So it's and adding like to where I'm going to go to the spin class and do the thing and do the green juice and do the, oh my like God. that's yes. going to make it worse too. So to just be like, you know what, this is a time of year that's going to be different than it's, than I eat normally. 
and that's fine. And I'm going to enjoy it because it's different. And I think too, for so someone who has had so many years of this is, this is the part that's going to make me cry of going back with my family and missing that missing yeah. the connection and love with food because I was sitting on my hands, essentially judging other people for how they were eating because I thought I was so much better, cleaner, whatever. Or like, yeah. I don't do that. I missed out on like the joy that comes from food isn't just fuel. It isn't just nourishment. It's also celebration and connection yes. and laughter and to deny ourselves that at any time of year is actually pretty sad. And I've been like on a, you know, I'm not going to say journey, on a quest to <laughs> not do that journey. for years. And I've gotten better at it, but the holidays are still really hard. And my tendency is the opposite of what a lot of people's is where like, I won't eat enough on those oh, days and I won't okay. eat, I'll restrict and I'll restrict. So I'm hangry, which adds to the, annoyingness yes. of everyone. I'm annoyed by everyone because I'm hungry and I'm mad that you're not hungry and I'm mad that I don't really like this food and it's not what I wanted and blah, 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 blah. And that's selfish and that's that's cutting off connection with people. And so I think, you know. I don't, I don't want you to think oh, that that's selfish because I think that's not, that's just like how you feel. Yeah. But I think that but it I is. But I totally get what you mean. I, yeah, I think to just, I, I think when you come from someone who like, tends to be a restrictor. If someone relates to me, or I think a lot of people that listen to my podcast have similar tendencies that I do with restriction. And I think it's about letting go of that and having the self-awareness of that throughout the year, but especially at the holidays. For me, at least, this might be very, very specific to me and no, not useful I, to anyone, no, I think but I tend useful. to overly restrict. Because I, I remember coming back at the end of the holidays last year and a friend of mine we were like walking home and she was like, did you, what did you guys like overindulge in this year? Like, what did you really, I hate that word oh. so much, but she said like, what did you like overeat or what did like, what something like that. And I was just like, nothing. Like I didn't, I don't feel bad about anything that I, that I ate. I enjoyed it and it was, you know, whatever, whatever. And then I also realized that like, I probably wasn't doing that enough. You know, I yeah. think I've, I've been, so, so my, my point is to just like, piggyback on everything that you said, but then also like, just no matter what you do, don't add guilt to it. Yes. And, and I think that the guilt thing for anxiety yeah. is what spirals really quickly. And so yeah. I do want to caveat, like when I was just saying that, like I drank a bottle of champagne every day, it was like the best seven days of my totally. life. I have no regrets, but I'm just like, all I, all I was meaning to say there is like, I think we have just like opposite sides of yeah. the same coin. Like yes. the anxiety of like being like, okay, how do I, be like, I know it is to do with food, but like and alcohol and whatever, but like, that's what's so interesting about us talking about this is like, to me, it's not about the food. It's about taking care of myself. Yeah. So it has like, and that's, that's again, like a privilege because I don't have a specific issue with food. It's yeah. like me just making like slightly more conscious choices for my anxiety. Like mm -hmm. this has nothing like, and I, th I think that's what I was like, well, I'm like, why do I feel so guilty and spirally right now about everything I just said? And no, I think no, no. I think it's because it like, I good. didn't clarify yeah. that it's not about weight or nutrition or calories. Yes. It's about keeping my anxiety in check. 100%. And like, it's just like, I can, for example, it's like somebody who's listening to this and being like, oh, like, 
indulgences. Like I could eat like like 17 trays of mashed potatoes and that would not trigger my anxiety. But like the sugar, you know, like the sugar, yeah. well, it would because that uh, potatoes have sugar. Bad example. Turkey, whatever right. you want to call right. it. Like that's like the same calories or whatever as in a cookie. But the cookie is what affects yeah. my nervous system. It's knowing yourself. It's knowing yourself. And exactly. just knowing like, well, and, and then also like looking at like the anxiety or how you're feeling, if you're feeling weird and being like, part of this might be my family and might be the holidays, but part of it might just be like, I had a lot of wine or I had a lot of cookies or I had a lot of whatever that I don't usually have. I think the movement element, like because movement makes such a difference for me and my everyday life, it's like because things get so busy, it just naturally, it's like one of the first things to go. It's like, oh, like I have 18 errands to do. I have to cook dinner, like whatever. I'm not going to work out today because I don't have time. And like, that's just like the go-to. And it's like last year, because like you want to like, you're tired and you want to like sleep in. It was like, I was like, okay, is 15 extra minutes of sleep going to make me feel better than getting up 15 minutes earlier and doing a workout. And some days the answer was yes. Like I need that sleep. And some days it was like, no, the fifth getting up 15 minutes earlier to make sure that I can get like 15 minutes of a walk or like a Melissa workout or something I know is going to change the course of the day. So like I have to make time for it. And like, it's just prioritizing little things and like literally 15 minutes can like change your whole perspective because it's like you're being not about the food not about the people those things are all happening at the same time you're out of all of your routines of like normal life everything compounds and so for me like same thing with meditation or movement like you said also you're not like i find and i wonder if this is the same thing for you and this is something i need to work on but unstructured resting time oh, so hard. is really hard for me. <laughs> like I get a lot of dopamine from being productive and like touching a creative project daily. Yeah. So if I can like, this sounds really weird, but if I can like write a little bit one day, not every day, but like spend an hour in the morning, like moving the needle forward or like I'm a more, it's not because I'm a work addict or I'm, you know, all these <laughs> things, which are probably true, yeah. but also it's just like, I'm a more pleasant person to be around if I can when I get my work done and when I like get to do a little bit of creativity, which you might not be able to do at the holidays, but being behind is anxiety producing as well. So like organization can help you be able to be more present with your family and preparation, you know, being prepared feels really good. It's easier to be present when you're, you know, when you've cleared the time and the space to actually be able to take off work and be present. Yeah. I think what's so interesting about talking about all of this is like, is this any of the, like, do you ever talk about any of this stuff with your family? No. I like don't, I was just thinking about this as I like, as we hash this out. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I wonder if on a much smaller scale, if we were to have like a, give a synopsis of like all of this to our families, I guarantee that most of them feel exactly the same way. And let's they would do all it. Be, let's like, like, and I feel like they'd probably be like, Oh, wow. Like I've been like, I want you to feel happy. I think like we're all trying to like make everyone feel happy and like not necessarily succeeding because it's impossible. And then we all feel anxious. (laughs) 
I think if we can just be real at the table yeah. and be like, oh, it, like I think when the like like at the beginning of this episode, right? When I like did a weird face thing, like we could have just like pivoted into the episode, but like acknowledging the elephants in the room and just like being people with each other, it's like doesn't everyone enjoy that when you're like at a restaurant and the waiter said like just like let's all like we'll report back at the at the next episode that we do, but let's like not be weird about it, not like making a toast of like excuse me. Um, <laughs> I'm anxious. <laughs> Are but, you? But, but bring but it up when you can in a funny up. way. I also with had humor. an amazing, and this like I think is tr- very translatable to the holidays, but recently, like the summer, I was at my dad's and my siblings were there and friends of ours were there and we all did get into a discussion about anxiety and everybody was just sort of talking about how they, and it just so happened that everybody there had anxieties. So they were like, what's yours? Like, and it just started this really wonderful conversation. But I also don't think like you need to monopolize the conversation, but I think sometimes for example, if like at dinner tables create weird conversations. Yeah. Right. And I think that sometimes my anxiety happens afterwards. So like I will have a conversation where I'm like, I will get in a in a fight, so to speak, and then the next day I'm anxious about that. So yeah. in order to prevent that spiral from happening, I think having a little bit of flexibility and just being like, like a lot of people at the table, we're going to have differing opinions. There are certain things we just shouldn't talk about. You know, like there are certain jokes yeah. about like you shouldn't talk about politics or religion at the table, and that's probably true. But other things too, it's like instead of digging my heels in, with my family when like we disagree on something, I'm just like, fuck it. I don't want to fight about this. I'll just like make, I'll like pivot it or let it go or I'll change the conversation or I'll make a joke about how they're making me anxious. <laughs> you know? Like, It's fine. Yeah. And I think just like, it's all about acceptance, like acceptance yeah. of like people who they are Go in with the intention of like giving love, giving like presence, giving time and not so concerned with like what you're going to be getting from it. Cause I think what I really struggle with, especially with, I think social media doesn't do this any favors, but even before social media, I I did this a lot as a kid actually. And I, and it's just gotten worse, (laughs) which is like comparison of the holidays of like, of, in all of the ways, but especially of like, you know, I hear about like things people talk about at the dinner table. I'm like, that would never work with my family. Or I don't have that experience or this isn't how it is for me, or it doesn't look this way. And people look at my family and are probably like, wow, that would be so nice. Or that would be so lovely. Or how so cool that you wear those crowns. You guys have yeah, to do that. Yeah, we do that You too. do? Yeah. Oh, great. Well, we don't I, like, have to be jealous of each other. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, we'll send you, we'll report back with photos of our crowns. But also be mindful that like, maybe I did this for a little bit last year, like maybe social media is not something that's needed during totally. the holidays. I'm like, maybe just yeah. delete Instagram from your phone for a few days if you're somebody who is prone to the comparison trap. I think we all are. But like, you, if if this has been something that has made you feel icky in the past, get it out. Just yeah. don't deal with it. Just back, you know, put it down. Doesn't You don't need it for, you're not going to miss anything. There's yeah. zero, like, I think that's the thing though, is that like, there's this weird like FOMO happening. I like, don't what, need it for work you, during that time. We do not need it for work. And I think there's something about, there's an escapist element of it, which if you need that, then by all means go for it. But the need to compete or to show, and that's the one last thing I want to touch on. I was like, to show off how perfect your holiday table or 
you know, your Christmas tree or like your beautifully dressed kids. Like that's something that I've had to take a step back from because that pressure is like something I do not need. Like I've realized that like I, food is my thing. Tablescapes are not. So I'm just like, my table like looks fine, but it's like not, it's kind of a hot mess. And like, I just don't care. But I also like was like, I did care for a couple years. And I was like, why do I care so much? Is it because I want people to be impressed? Like my guests to like come in and be like, oh, it's so beautiful. You know, like, and like, there is something to be said for that because like my mom is really good at that stuff. And like, I remember like as a kid, like walking into the dining room, be like, oh, it's beautiful. You know, and like, I want people to have that same feeling when I'm hosting, but I've just like let a little bit of that go. Cause like, you can't do it all. And like, you could spend like hours like going down a rabbit hole of like <laughs> Martha Stewart tablescapes. And like, it doesn't necessarily make your holiday any better. And if it's like robbing you of a certain amount of joy to like slave over figuring out what fucking Christmas berries to put on your table, then like, yeah, <laughs> screw the berries. Yeah, screw the berries. <laughs> Tis the season. Tis the season. <laughs> the berries. I, I think, I'll just say this and I think we can land the plane unless there's anything yeah. that you feel like we need to touch on. The holidays are complicated, you know, and like to quickly go back to the escape escapism thing. I definitely use my phone for escapism yeah. as like to get a hit of this drug. Yes, but sometimes it might fill me up and remind me of a friend or see something you know interesting. But a lot of times it's a downer, totally. and you never know what you're going to get. It's a mixed bag, <laughs> so maybe just don't take the gamble on that. And then, and then the holidays in general, you know, it's a it's a mixed bag, like. Friends are lovely and great and amazing and family can be lovely and great and amazing. And some people might have tumultuous relationships with both of them. I mean, I know for this year, like, I'll be really real. Like, I had a boyfriend last year. This year, I don't. It It's going to feel weird. We broke up around this time. Like, I'm going into it just, like, knowing that and knowing that, like, there are people who are going through divorces. There are people who are going through breakups. There are people who lost a family member. Like, it's such my a grandpa was dying last year, and this time he is dead now, you know? Yeah. And like, it's just, there's loss and it, it will bring up, it will amplify any feelings you're already having. Yes. It's just going to amplify them more and complicate them more. So just maybe prepare yourself for that and have some friends on speed dial because this is a, this is like a cheesy Wayne Dyer quote that I also got from this Danielle Laporte episode, which I'll link to because it was really good. I think it's like, the universe gave us friends to make up for our families yeah. or something, you know? And it's like, you know, I just think it's really good to have both. It's good to have people in your life. Some people might not have enough people or I, any people. Yeah. And I want to acknowledge them too. And like use this time of year as like some time off to do some extra self-care. Yes. Because I, I'll tell you, this is a very privileged thing to say, but there are so many times when I am around my family where I'm like, I wish I was still in New York by myself in my apartment eating pancakes and taking yeah. a bath, you know? And I, and I think that that's the one thing Katie and I talking about this episode, we also just like want to acknowledge, as always, our disclaimer, privilege. disclaimer, yes. disclaimer. We want to acknowledge our privilege and that we're both very lucky to have families that we love and that love us despite the fact that we are all batshit crazy. And support from being able to call a friend or text a friend, but please know that there are also, there are resources. If you are feeling particularly alone this holiday season, we will link to some of them in the show notes. It can be, like you said, a very, very dark time of year for some people and know that if you are feeling that way, you are absolutely not alone. Yeah. And if, you know, 
I'm probably feeling that way. Yeah. Too. <laughs> so, <DM me>. yeah. <laughs> totally. But yeah, like, and send us an email, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, seriously, like, send us an send email. Send us an email at smilingcommunity at gmail.com. We read all of them. We love them. And let's like, make that a resource for that, people. Yeah, that, like, if, if you're you, feeling weird, go in the bathroom and send us an email. Yes. Honestly, I would probably really like to be able to write back to you. Yes. Send me a D. Some of you have been sending me voice messages. Yeah. DMs of your spirals, keep sending them. I love it. Like and you can we, send them to we me. We really do. Both of us have had just to get a little sappy as we close up here. This doing this podcast has been an incredibly transformative experience for both of us. I'm so grateful for having Katie in my life, but I'm also so grateful for the small, but like very wonderful loving community that we've built with this podcast and the messages that you guys have sent to both of us have been so motivating and have 1000% validated and reinforced our reasons for starting this podcast in the first place. So we love you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah. And maybe share this episode with a friend who you think might, yeah, might need to hear some of this stuff because I do think like now, see, I can't do this today. I keep trying to be like, (laughs) trying to think of a perfect failure. Now I was trying to think of a happy Christmas movie that like portrays everything perfectly. And I can't think of one. There's gotta be one. (laughs) Serendipity. Is that a Christmas movie? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Also, if you need to pick me up, watch fucking Serendipity. It's, it's the, the best. best. <laughs> it's my favorite movie. Or while you were sleeping. While you were sleeping. With Sandra Bullock? I haven't. Oh my God. Uh, okay. Okay, so, I guess I'm watching so that everybody has Everybody has right. two Christmas movies to watch, and that makes me feel better about leaving this on a happy note. Great. And, and now, hi, higher high. Yeah. All so right. Let's, let's do it. Let's get happy. Okay. Uh, you go first. Okay. So my high is. Oh, there's a whole week full of celebrations so my high higher and highest are all like book related i think that my we'll go backwards highest is just like the dude diet dinner time is out in the world fuck yes thank you yes God. and it's so good you made like you made a book that is even better than your last book i'm your hype girl i'll let you keep talking so that that's my that was my highest across the board and then all tangential highs hires were related to that i had two fabulous celebrations, like regular launch party. And then my friends had like a wonderful party for me this weekend. And like we drank champagne and like just laughed a lot and ate dude diet food. And it was lovely. And those are all my, all of my highs. It's been a very high and very anxious week. I think that's like, that is the exa- that is the definition of a high week is like, yeah. there's going to be anxiety. Yes. Like, that's just totally. And I'm proud of you. And I'm so excited for you. Um, okay, I'll I'll keep these tight. High going to like, just being back in New York and doing things with friends. I feel like I have like a really good community here. Hire my friend Carolina, who I know is listening. We went to a um concert together and just had like such a magical fun night and that was really fun and wonderful and beautiful and just like noticing when I'm feeling good noticing like moments like that of like okay this was a really good night like take this in it's not you know nothing earth shattering happened but like I'm feeling good right now like notice that and highest I'm feeling potential like I'm feeling like 
sometimes the anxiety comes where I can feel like it could go either way. Like it could either be like amazing and great or horrible and awful. And it'll probably be somewhere in the middle, but like feeling that potential of like, okay, I could like, you know, work could go really well. I could like date a new person someday. I could travel. (laughs) These things could happen. Feeling the potential of like what is to come just feels good. So those those are are excellent ones. Yeah. I love all of those. Yeah, tis the season. Tis the season. Have a great holiday season, you guys. We yes. love you so much. We will be back for a year in review episode yes. in a we couple may have to weeks. Do that in two parts. <laughs> two parts. Yeah. And if you want to send more questions, we will yeah. do another question episode we'll do eventually. Q&A. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so email us spirlingcommunity at gmail.com. Shall we disclaim? Absolutely. So are we doctors, Serena? (laughs) (laughs) We are not doctors. We are also not mental health professionals or experts of any kind. We're just two friends sharing our experiences with anxiety. If you're struggling with your mental health, we strongly encourage talking to a professional. We love therapy. We really, really do. (laughs) And remember, if you're spiraling, you are not alone. You are not weird or damaged or crazy. And you don't owe anyone an explanation for your mental health. We love you so much. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.